Hello world and welcome back once again to the Simple Sports Podcast. This is episode number seven. We are going into, well, we've started already week three. We'll get to the Jags and Dolphins in a few. Uh, but today we're going to talk about week three predictions. We're going to start off with a review of week two. I missed the episode on Thursday. I just had a super busy day at work. Uh, so for those out there who are happening to discover the Simple Sports Podcast, I apologize. But uh, nevertheless, we're back today. We'll do all of them in one shot. We'll do a quick review of the week two games, not too long. Um, and then we'll go into the meat of today, which is week three's predictions. Some more DraftKings picks, of course. Um, but first, got to talk about Thursday night. The Jaguars wet the bed. Um, once again, they turned back into the Jaguars. A week later than I predicted, I thought they would be just what they were on Thursday night. Let's not get it twisted, folks. There are a lot of people that say, oh, well, maybe you got a question... Um, the Titans win or the Patriots win or, or whatever. Um, here's what I know. Um, the Jaguars aren't very good. And um, they played well above their heads for the first two weeks. As I think a lot of bad teams may. Um, you think about the matchups that the, the Jaguars got, right? Um, a division opponent in both cases. One being the Colts, who are going through a complete um, structure change as far as quarterback and offense goes. So... That's and it's week one, no preseason. Anything can happen there, and it's a divisional opponent. And then week two, again, another divisional opponent in the Titans, um, missing their best receiver. Uh, they kind of played above their heads. They were never really, I watching the game. I never felt like they were truly in it. They were in it as so much as the score was close, but I still think Tennessee had a pretty good stranglehold on the game. Yet and still, it was close at the end. Um, and so I think people got the Jaguars a little bit confused. Um, guys, they're not that good. Okay. They're not very good. And it showed on Thursday night because here's the thing. Um, the dolphins aren't very good either, but the difference in that game was one thing, um, for the Jaguars defensively, they had a rookie corner who was just getting picked on all night. He was late to the Jaseki touchdown on the rotation. He was, they, Fitzpatrick went at him as he should. He's a veteran quarterback. He knows. Um, and so that was a huge advantage for the Dolphins. And then Minshew on the other side of the ball or on the other side of the field looked lost, um, unable to recover, just made some bad decisions, took some really bad sacks, and um, quite frankly was bad all around. Fitzpatrick wasn't great. Um, he was okay. He did more than enough to win. And then, like I said, he had a matchup that he could exploit for most of the game at any point that he wanted, even with the limited Devontae Parker. Um, he was able to get that done. Props to the Dolphins. Um, I thought it wouldn't be long before we see uh, Tua, but I think it's going to be at least a few weeks. Um, I think Fitzpatrick earned the right to keep on playing, especially if they got to win. Again, it's against the Jaguars, but, you know, politics in the NFL and all that good stuff. Um, so we got to talk about week two really quickly. Um, we're going to talk about the week three picks. And like I said, we're going to talk about DraftKings. Guys, if you are watching this on YouTube, please like, subscribe, and comment. It will help out a lot. If you are elsewhere listening to my lovely voice in your AirPods or your Pixel Buds, um, if they're not cutting in and out of the sound, um, thank you. Again, share, subscribe to the podcast, share wherever you listen to your podcasts, Google, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. Now, first thing I want to start off really quickly with our NFL, NFL MVP candidates. So there's been a lot of talk, obviously, about NFL MVP so far. A lot of talk about Russell Wilson, how he's never gotten a single vote. Um, never gotten a single, I don't know if he's never gotten a single vote or a single first place vote. I don't know the exact, um, situation there, but regardless, um, never won MVP. This looks to be the narrative year for Russell Wilson already. Here's my thing with the whole situation. Now I agree right now, Russell Wilson is the top MVP candidate, uh, but it's not based on any narrative. It's based on the way he's played. Um, secondly, we, people say the the Russell Wilson has no MVP vote, um, first place or otherwise. I'm not again I'm not sure. Um, as if the guys that won MVP didn't deserve it. Um, you go back as far as you know Cam Newton, like he had an excellent year. Matt Ryan, you can say what you want about him, but that year he had an excellent year. Um, Tom Brady had a great year. The year he won it, 
trying to think. Um, Patrick Mahomes obviously had an outstanding. Like he wasn't going to win it that year, and was he going to win it last year? I think last year was probably his best case scenario or best case to be made. Um, the difference is he had a game or two towards the end where he fell off, even if it was just a little bit, and Lamar Jackson didn't. Um, so the idea that he's being slighted, um, I don't think is accurate. Now, again, you know, is he is he going to win MVP this year? I mean, if obviously if things stop right now, I think he would. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see how the year progresses. There were times last year I thought he was in first place above Lamar Jackson. Um, there were times I thought it was Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes and not Russell Wilson. Um, so obviously it's a fluid situation. Um, but as of right now, he's the MVP. And I looked today at um, the odds for MVP. Now, this is according to uh, Odd Shark. And my top seven personally would match as far as the players. Um, and I'll quick, I'm just going to read off the list really, really fast. The top 20, okay? Because some of the names in here are, uh, I, th I don't want to say comical, but entertaining at best. Um, so number 20, Aaron Donald, uh, and I'm just going to blaze through these. Donald, uh, Carson Wentz, 19, 18, Baker Mayfield, 17, Jared Koff, 16, Matt Stafford, four, or 15, Ryan Tannehill, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Derrick Henry, Deshaun Watson, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, Cam Newton, Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Russell Wilson. Notice one thing um, off the top, I said Mahomes. He was the only one that got a one-name mention there. Um, that's important, okay? The single name theory, that's important. Just remember, single names. The top six, top seven to me, as far as the players, I have no issue with who the selection are or is. Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Kyle Murray, Cam Newton, Josh Allen. What I disagree with, now, listen, I'm not an odds maker, but I'm talking about just as far as the order of what I think the MVP race looks like right now. Um, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, if you went Mahomes, Jackson, I wouldn't have an issue with that. Um, but I think Wilson is first. I think Murray and Rodgers should be flipped. I think it should be Wilson, Jackson, Mahomes, Murray, Rodgers. And then I also think it should be Allen and Newton. So my list would go Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Patrick, oh, excuse me, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, or Mahomes. Again, I'm okay either way. Uh, and then Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Cam Newton. Now, respectfully, According to our chart, this is as of yesterday, 25th of September. Um, Newton and Allen are both plus, plus 1,800. So they're tied, essentially. Um, they have Newton listed first, but whatever. Um, I, I just think Newton and Allen should probably be flip-flop. Not so much that, again, you got to take into account the circumstances and the context, right? And so context and story-wise, you would probably go with Cam Newton. Um, but Josh Allen's stats this year, especially considering what people thought of him, just are, they're insane. And again, you have to consider it's week two. So that's my order. Those, those are my MVP candidates, my top seven. Um, like I said, Russell Wilson right now is the clear leader, but even this week it could flip. Um, you got Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes facing off on Monday Night Football. One of them could put on an absolute show. Russell Wilson could very easily lose to the Cowboys at home. I, I don't necessarily think that's the case, but we'll talk about that here in a few minutes. But he could. Uh, Lamar Jackson and Mahomes are going to cancel each other out. One of them is going to have, you know, I mean, unless they just both have outstanding games, but usually the winner of, of a head-to-head -head matchup like that is probably going to out-edge the other uh, in the odds. So we'll see. Rodgers this week goes up against goes to New Orleans up against the Saints. Not an easy task. Drew Brees getting slandered in the media right now for his noodle arm, so to speak. Um, and so he could very well lose in New Orleans. Kyler Murray, I think, gets a fairly easy matchup this week. And um, Cam Newton and Josh Allen, uh, you know, so we'll see. Uh, so that's it. That's what I wanted to say about the MVP candidates. Let's quickly review the week two predictions that I made, and it wasn't a great week.
All right, so up first, last week we had the Rams plus one and a half at the Eagles. We took the win on that one. Actually, let me go back because um, one thing we didn't do was pick the Bengals and Browns game. Didn't um, didn't cover it in my last episode. I did take the Bengals to cover, although we did get lucky with this. Um, I wasn't so confident in the outcome. I was confident in the pick, not so confident in the way it turned out to be. Um, they probably shouldn't have covered that game given, you know, the garbage time nature of it, but that's also the way betting works. Um, so, you know, you could say it was a good pick. I, I would probably in this case say it wasn't necessarily a great pick, but, um, they did cover. So we did get that one. We ended up finishing the week seven and seven, right at 500, um, had a couple of really bad beats. So I felt good about all my picks. Um, not so great on the outcomes. Um, Rams plus one and a half at the Eagles. We took that one easily. Eagles just looked a hot mess. 37-19 Rams. Um, the Eagles made a run of it briefly, um, and the Rams quickly snuffed it out and said, no, not today. Um, Carson Wentz looked terrible. He was pressing. He was all over the place, and the Eagles looked like a hot mess. They looked like a really bad football team. I don't necessarily think they're going to be that all year, um, and we'll talk about Wentz in the upcoming game, but uh, – Boy, right now, it is it is not headed in the right direction. Uh, Bucks at home versus the Panthers, minus 8.5, covered this one, 31-17, not bad at all. Bucks didn't look great in week two. Um, they looked a lot better than they did in week one. Uh, they got a shot in the arm, I think, against a bad defense with the Panthers. And, you know, sometimes you need that. They did cover. Uh, they did, again, at points in the game, look pretty good. At points in the game, look pretty sloppy. I don't expect much different until they get into week six, seven, eight, when things are really concrete, a little more concrete, and uh, they're a lot more comfortable with who they are and, and what they really need to do in order to win football games. Right now it's week two with no preseason. Um, as, and to not gloss over this, America, uh, let's please calm down with all the predictions and stuff. Like, I'm making predictions, but I'm not going overboard with my analysis because we just simply don't know enough. And there are people throwing the Bucks in the trash, the Eagles in the trash, the Browns, or whoever else. Um, let's just pause just a little bit. We know bad football when we see it, but we have to give some some uh, leeway here with no preseason and the way things have shaken up this offseason. No home crowds. How is that impacting games? Trust me, I know it makes a difference in places like New Orleans and Seattle. Um, do the Patriots win or... or are in that game in a normal setting. Uh, I'm not so sure. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but we'll see. Are the Cowboys really able to pull off that debacle of a game that they pulled off with the crowd that's going to be booing them at home as they're getting trounced by the Falcons and turning the ball over left and right? They're probably not coming back in the traditional setting. Uh, so some of these things you just have, you just got to wait. And this year, I think we're going to have to wait a little bit longer. Um, Denver plus seven at Steelers also covered this one. Got lucky with this one. Broncos lose a quarterback, lose a bunch of people, and they still managed to cover. To me, says more about the Steelers than it does the Broncos in that you couldn't beat that team without their starting quarterback. But I, I, again, I'm not going to hammer on the Steelers too much because as I give with everyone, you got to give them some leeway this year. I, I'm not buying the Steelers, um, but it's too it's far too early to say that they're not. Uh, a really good football team they have an excellent defense and so it just concerns me that at, even at week two of the season um that they couldn't beat the broncos by more than five points so just a little concern just a little thing to uh jot down in your notebook uh cowboys minus four at home versus the falcons what a disaster of a game this was um anyone that is having heart troubles that is a Cowboys or Falcons fan should not have been watching this game because you were likely to keel over in your seat. Um, in terms of entertainment, by far the most entertaining game of the week. Um, just It was just a mess. Don't know what the Falcons were doing. Quite frankly, don't know what the Cowboys were doing early on in the football game. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. Um, they did not cover, and they won the game. Two things that I just hate about the Cowboys. Um, they, they tend to do that a lot. So 49ers plus seven at the Jets did cover this one. Uh, not going to spend too much time talking about the Jets. They are just a dumpster fire. The 49ers, unfortunately, are battered with injuries. 
still not enough for the Jets to even compete in this football game. Niners win 31-13. Bills minus five and a half at the Dolphins. Um, did not get this one, I don't believe, right? Yeah, we didn't cover this one. 31-28. Bills get the win. Um, don't cover the spread. Bills look pretty good. Dolphins competed. I just, you know, they smoked the Jags on Thursday Night Football. They're in it tight with the Bills. They're in it tight with the Patriots. I, I know Brian Flores is a pretty good coach. I just, you know, what is this team exactly? Is this a team, for example, that if they turn the ball or they turn the, the team over to a younger, more what people think better quarterback in Tua, could this be a Bills team like last year that's, you know, just kind of sputtering along, not sputtering along, but just chugging along like they're not going to demolish people, but they have a quarterback that can do different things on his on the ground with his legs. Tua is obviously not a running quarterback, but my point is, is the energy going to be different with Tua? And is that energy so different that they could maybe win that Bills game that's 31-28, they lose by a field goal? Um, could they potentially win uh, week one against a brand new Patriots team, uh, you know, putting things together last minute with Cam Newton, a defense that's been um, just decimated as far as people leaving or opting out of the season? Could the energy be different for the Dolphins if two was in the starting lineup? Could they be two and one right now? Or um, wait, yeah, two and one. Could they be two and one? Um, you know, it's it's tough to say. I don't think the Dolphins are very good. I just think what we've seen over the last two weeks from the Dolphins, or the last three weeks, I should say, because they played the third game, is the early season uh, chaos that we're experiencing. And again, more amplified with no preseason. Um, so I wouldn't pay too much attention to the fact that the scores were close against the Bills and that they blew out the Jags. Um, don't think that they're very good. Uh, Minnesota at or plus three at the Colts. Totally whiffed on this one. Uh, totally whiffed. I should have known better after week one because they looked terrible against the Packers and I decided it was just week one. Um, the Vikings may be a bad football team, not just you know, having an off year, they may be a bad football team with a bad quarterback. Um, I thought Kirk Cousins had come around last year, and it it would appear that he hit his head on something in the offseason because he is not he is not right. Their team is not right. And uh, totally whiffed on this one. They got smoked by the Colts last week. It, I looked up, and it was not even close. I think Kirk Cousins threw the ball three times or like six times in the first half. Um, just overall, not good, not good from top to bottom from the, from the Vikings. Still not a believer in the Colts. Uh, they have Phillip Rivers at quarterback, so I ain't buying it, but the Vikings, man, what a disaster. Um, Packers minus six at home versus the Lions. The Lions are going to Lions. They, you know, Matt Patricia, Matt Stafford, the Matt twins. I mean, what do you do if you're a Lions fan? Like you can't catch a break. The coach is about to be fired probably after this week if they get demolished. Um, I, you know, it was an easy cover for the Packers. I still am not 100% sold on the Packers. Now Devontae Adams is out for this week. Tough matchup. But the Lions, listen, I was there before, not quite where the Lions are. But being a Titans fan, you know, we didn't have great years for a long time. And uh, I feel bad for Lions, man, because it's been far longer. <laughs> and uh, they're, they're, they don't appear to be headed in the right direction. Uh, Bears, plus five and a half at home versus the Giants. Took this one. Um, Giants are as well a dumpster fire. Now they've lost Saquon Barkley. Bears, Trubisky is, is playing well. He's playing well enough to keep his job. And the defense is doing their part. I like the Bears this week as well, but we'll talk about that. Washington plus seven at the Cardinals. Totally whiffed on this one. Washington may be one of the worst teams in football as well. Dwayne Haskins just is not doing it for me. And I love them at Ohio State because I'm a Buckeye fan, but uh, he's not cutting it right now. And defensively, I think they're fine, actually. Carly Murray carved them up last week, but, you know, offensively, they're not doing them any favors. Like, you have to do your defense some favors. And they're not doing it. Um, so... Whiffed on that one, plus seven at the Cardinals. Pats, 
plus four at Seattle. This is one of those bad beats. They're down at the one, two-yard line. Camp scores right there. You win this bet. They stop him. You lose. It is what it is. Um, it was a great game. One of the best games of the week, um, easily, between two great quarterbacks, two great teams, something I'm going to talk about here in a second. And um, unfortunately, we didn't get the cover there um, at the plus four for the Pats. And then we had the Ravens, minus seven and a half at the Texans. No, no problems there. Titans, I did whiff on, minus seven and a half. I wouldn't say whiff, but they just didn't play their tip-top game. They weren't very sharp early on. They let Minshew get around and, and complete some passes, some some third downs. Um, didn't cover, won the game, so I'm, I'm cool with it, especially over a divisional opponent. I'll take that as a fan any day um, over the gambling part just because it's been misery for so long. But um, I think they'll cover just fine this week. And then Chiefs, minus eight and a half at the Chargers, also missed on this one. You know, it is what it is. Um, Chiefs got off to a bad start, uh, ended up coming back, and then who knew Justin Herbert was going to have the type of game he had. Um, showed up, showed out with just a few minutes before the game started to know that he was uh, going to be the starter. Um, so hats off to Justin Herbert. Um, Chiefs minus 8.5, no cover there. And then the Saints minus 5.5, whiffed on this one. Drew Brees looked like he had a noodle arm, so they say. Uh, I'm not I don't think that's the case. I definitely think he's looking older. Um, does he have a noodle arm? No. Is he able to make the throws that he used to make? I mean, he never had a powerful arm. You know, he was more accurate than power. So if, am I too concerned about his arm strength? No, not really. Arm strength isn't just throwing the ball down the field. Arm strength is fitting it through windows that you otherwise wouldn't be able to. And for the most part of his career, He's had decent arm strength, and most importantly, he's had great accuracy. That's what I see waning, um, and the ability or the willingness to stand in the pocket and make those throws. I don't see this arm strength thing, but um, Michael Thomas is also out. When you have one guy that's out that's you know half your offense, um, that's going to be a problem, and probably should have went with that. I more so went with that pick because the Raiders I didn't believe in, but I'm coming around on the Raiders. Um, so. 7-7 seven seven overall brings us to 17-14 and 14 on the year. Not too bad for the first two weeks. I'd love to be, you know, like 20 and, and 10, 20 and 11, something like that. Um, but, you know, 17-14 through two weeks with no offseason, I think that's a pretty decent, pretty decent effort so far. Now, we want to try to add to that with our week three picks here for today. All right, so I actually want to start with the Ravens and Chiefs. I have the Chiefs plus three and a half at the Ravens. And not so much, this is going to be the game of the week, obviously. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. I want to start with this game because, uh, first, I'm just glad it's getting center stage. Uh, it's something that everyone needs to see. We saw the Ravens and Chiefs play a few times, but not during like prime time. I think they played once in the early, I think the first time they played was in the early window, like the one o'clock window. I'm not 100% sure. The last time they played, I believe, was in the four or 430 window. Uh, maybe they both were in the 430 window. I don't know. Regardless, Sunday or Monday night football, the whole world is watching and they need to be because this is going to be excellent. The reason I wanted to talk about this first, not so much because of the game or the talents or like the football aspect of it, but just this. First of all, you have two of the best quarterbacks in football. You can rank them where you want to rank them. I would go Mahomes first. I probably would put Lamar Jackson at third or fourth even potentially um, behind Russell Wilson. I still think all things considered, I would probably put Aaron Rodgers third. Um, but... You know, it's 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 close. Anyway, two of the best quarterbacks in football, two of the best coaches in football. And overall, you just got two of the best of everything that football has to offer. The defense is great for Baltimore. And, the, you know, that's been a tradition, right? That's like a, it's almost a guarantee that they're going to have a good defense. The Chiefs have always been contenders, maybe not every single year, but for the most part, they're in the playoffs, they're in the hunt. They're never just a bad, flatly bad football team. Both are well-run organizations. Both draft really well across the board, with the exception of quarterback. 
Um, but you know, that's not science for anyone. So how big of a blemish is that really? Like, it's not like they never got it right. They just didn't get it right for a long time. Um, and guess what? There are a lot of teams in that same situation. Okay. So really well run draft. Well, scout well, and just two teams among a handful in the, in the NFL that you're mostly going to get um, the same type of game and the same level of quality of game each and every week because they're well-run teams. And that's my overall point. Um, and one of the reasons I was not a necessarily a fan of the Patriots, but a fan of the way they do business and play football is because it's a good product, right? You're not getting a sloppy game for the most part from the Patriots. Every now and then they'll turn in a stinker just because, you know, they're humans and, you know, humans make those kinds of mistakes. But you turn on a Titans game and sometimes you don't know what you're going to get. You turn on the Dolphins or the Raiders or the Bengals or the Browns. Like the Browns are the biggest enigma in football. Last week they looked excellent. The week before they looked like they had never played in their lives. Um, you just don't get those types of games with the Ravens or the Chiefs. Even now, I would throw the Titans in there. Like, the Titans aren't necessarily a great team, but you pretty much get the same product each and every week. Um, the other teams you could throw in there are teams like the Rams, for the most part, when they're healthy. You're pretty much getting a good team every week. Um, the Seahawks are another team. The Saints. Like, these are – and you look at all those teams that I just rattled off, and they're all, for the most part, pretty well run. Good coaches, good GMs. They make good trades. They don't just sign terrible contracts. Like, all of these things. And that's what we're getting on Monday. Now, I had the Chiefs plus three and a half, um, you know, three and a half points to the Chiefs. Yeah, I'll take it. Even if the Ravens win, they got to win by four points. Um, I'll, I'll take my chances with the Chiefs there. Now, let's get into the rest of these games. Raiders plus six at the Pats. Um, I've, I got to admit, I was wrong about the Pats. I'm taking the Raiders here, or excuse me, I was wrong about the Raiders. I am picking the Raiders here, plus six at the Pats. Um, the Raiders look good. Um, six points is a lot, uh, especially on the road. Is you know, It is what it is, but six points is still a lot, um, especially for a Pats team that hasn't fully come together yet. They're still working out their kinks. And... One thing I noticed about the Raiders, their offensive line is massive. They are moving people all over the field. Josh Jacobs is running wild. Darren Waller seems to be unstoppable. I like the six points in the Raiders. Um, if you really separate the noise from both teams, right, and the Raiders have a lot less noise around them this year than they did last year other than the stadium. The Pats have a lot of noise around them surrounding Tom Brady's exit, Ken's entrance, the people opting in and out. Bill Belichick and his sweatshirt. Um, but what do you really have at the end of the day? I think if, in terms of production and expectations, I actually think you have the same team. The Raiders are trying to run the football. Their defense isn't necessarily great. The Pats trying to run the football for the most part. Defense isn't great, although I think better than the Raiders. But I think the Raiders offense is a little bit better overall than the Pats offense. Now, I think the Pats have the better superior quarterback, but it's not just about the quarterback offensively. Um, so I think ultimately these teams balance out. I just think six points is a lot um, for the Pats to win by right now. Maybe later in the season, I'd be more comfortable taking them at six points, but six points to start the season, week three, I'm not so sure about that. Uh, Bills minus one and a half at home versus the Rams. I'll take the Bills to win, basically. Um, they just need to win one and a half. I don't like the, the point five here um, because I do think the Rams are a good football team. I'm coming around on the Rams. I've been wrong, I think. We'll see how things progress. But so far, I think I've been flatly wrong on two teams, and that is the Raiders and the Rams. Um, one thing I really love about the Raiders, or excuse me, the Rams. I can't get them out of my head now. Um they're one of the very first teams to establish an identity. Um, they're going to be creative. They're going to move the pocket with Jared Goff and just do what he does best, which is that play action boot, roll them around, get them on the move. Don't have them back there making too many decisions. You're cutting the field down. You're scheming more people open than, rather than asking him to throw more people open. 
and I like it. Um, it looks good. And Sean McVay has been a lot more creative. I, again, I think the defensive hires that they made in the offseason has allowed him to be a lot more comfortable, which has allowed Jared Goff to be a lot more comfortable because you can see it in the play calling. It's hard not to pick, but I do think the Bills are a good football team. Uh, I think Josh Allen is having a special year so far. And listen, one and a half points, it's not too many to ask. You get a late field goal, which is how I think they end up covering this. I'll take the Bills minus one and a half. Um, I got two stayaways this week. Uh, Pittsburgh minus four at home versus the Texans. I still don't trust Big Ben. Um, and here's my dilemma with this game. One, don't trust Big Ben, right? But two, Deshaun Watson is a man running for his life, right? So which one of these is going to yield this ugly head first? Is it going to be Pittsburgh's defense going up against Deshaun Watson and causing mayhem and headaches for him all day? Or is it going to be Big Ben falling down to earth and allowing the Texans to stay in this game? And trust me, if you allow Deshaun Watson to hang around and hang around, and you give him the ball late in the end, he's going to find a way to put it in the end zone or get his team into a scoring position, most likely. And so it's hard for me to, to, to bet on this game. If I were going to pick it, I would go with Pittsburgh minus four at home um, because ultimately I think this Pittsburgh defense is just too strong and they are real strong. Um, and I think as the season progresses, Big Ben will get better. Maybe this is the week he gets to do so. Um, the, the tendency is to go with the home team with the great defense against a team with, you know, a bad GM, a questionable head coach, by, way, by the way, of the same guy, um, and a quarterback who has to run for his life. Uh, so I'm staying away because I don't want to bet against Deshaun Watson, as I said. But if I were going to put some money on this game, Pittsburgh minus four at home would be the pick. The other stay away game that I have is the 49ers minus three and a half at the Giants. This is the poop factor to quote the great Bill Simmons. Shout out to Bill Simmons on the Ringer podcast. I love it. Um, the poop factor, 49ers at the Giants minus three and a half. Nick Mullins is going to get the start. Kittle is out along with many, many others for the 49ers and the Giants for that matter. Um, the Giants are no good. And Barkley's out. So I, what I thought couldn't get worse has done just exactly that for the Giants. The thing here is the Giants and Daniel Jones in particular is sneaky good in fantasy. And he piles up a lot of garbage time stats. Well, um, the 49ers defense, A, is not what it used to be. And B, um, their offense is certainly banged up. So, are you really comfortable in giving Nick Mullins basically four points that he has to win by against the Giants at home? I actually think offensively the Giants will be able to move the football this week. No Saquon Barkley, right? But they'll be able to spread the wealth, I believe, to Evan Ingram and Darius Slayton and guys like that. I think three and a half is too many to give the 49ers, especially with the myriad of injuries that they're facing. Um, I think those bring their level down a bit. That's already been brought down from the uh, transition from 2019 to 2020. We see that already. I think the injuries only add to that. And I think the Giants will be able to play and sort of hang around in what will be a pretty ugly football game. But um, I'm not touching this. I think the 49ers win um, the game, but I think the Giants could cover that three and a half. Um, but like I said, I ain't touching it. Now, up next, we have the Titans minus two and a half at the Vikings. I'm taking the Titans here minus two and a half. Goskowski, I think, will come into his own. I think he's already coming into his own. He looked a lot better, although he did still miss a kick in week two. But he looked much, much more comfortable in week two than he did week one. And I think as the season progresses, he'll continue to improve and get better. He's not a terrible kicker. I think he just, you know, got off to a shaky start. The whole world's watching. We've been waiting for football all this time. He gets off to a shaky start, and everyone is throwing haymakers at him. I think he'll be okay. I'm not saying he's going to have, like, some great year. I just think he'll be fine. I think you just need to give him some time. Having said all that, the Vikings are bad, and Cousins is playing his absolute worst football. I, I believe – 
the other day uh, in week two. I believe he threw maybe three times in the first half or like six times, something ridiculously low. It's just not good. It's not good. It's not looking good for the Vikings. Their defense is looking terrible. Their offense is looking just as bad. And here come the Titans who, while they haven't been playing great, they're 2-0 and they've gotten two good wins. And they're feeling confident. And they're on a mission. Last year, they got beat by the Chiefs after they were a fairy tale story going into the playoffs. They rolled through New England. They rolled through Baltimore. They were up on Chiefs. And then it all came crashing down. I think they're looking to avenge that. This is one of the 2-0 teams that I don't think is going to rest on its laurels at 2-0. I think they're going to be trying to push and improve. And the Vikings are just going to be in the way this week. I think this is going to be the Titans' first big win as far as like point differential. Um, listen, again, they aren't playing great, but I think they're going to get more into their own. AJ Brown is still out, um, but altogether, this Titans team is far more co- more cohesive um, than the Vikings are because they are a mess. Uh, it would worry me in a traditional setting if there were a crowd and all of that stuff. Um, the Vikings' crowd can be tough. Um, but the Vikings aren't very good, and there's no crowd. I think this thing is probably going to get ugly. This is the second week in a row I've predicted a Titans blowout. I was dead wrong last week, although I think it was a little fluky. I don't think I'm going to be wrong on this one. Uh, Washington, plus seven at the Browns. This has nothing to do with the Browns. I just think seven points is too many. Well, it does have something to do with the Browns. Um, but not not so much that I don't think the Browns could cover. It's more so I just seven points is a lot for anyone, let alone the Browns. Um, I, I just haven't seen it right. Like for them to get that kind of respect. I know Washington is bad, um, but so is Cincy. Uh, and the difference is Haskins really just hasn't found it yet. I'm not sure he will. I'm a big Buckeye fan. I love love the Buckeyes, but I just don't think Dwayne Haskins has it not yet. And maybe it's, you know, the things around him now that he has Ron Rivera, maybe he'll start to get things on track. He looks better than he did last year, but I mean, how much better? It's not by a long shot. So I think the Browns win this, um, but seven points for the Browns. I, I'm not ready to go there yet. Um, just just not quite ready to go there yet. I think the Browns, uh, to our, however, to counter that, I do think they have unlock something here with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. I do think that is a combo that works. Very often you see a running back by committee. Um, This is more of like, it's hard to say two superstars, but it's like having two star running backs. I mean, most teams that go by committee, they either have a bunch of just talented guys, um, above average guys. Rarely do you see two stars, potential superstars um, at the running back position, and both of them are capable of going off on any given day. Um, So I like that balance between the two. It's not great for my fantasy because I do have Nick Chubb, but just for the Browns in terms of winning, um, it's good. Uh, Baker looked sharp last week, albeit against a bad team in Cincy, but sometimes it's like when you're playing Call of Duty, right? Sometimes you need to play – in a bot lobby and just pub up for a bit just to, you know, just to get the thumbs loose, to feel good, to build the confidence. And and I think that's what the Bengals were for the Browns. Now, it didn't quite end the way that you would think they would want it to, but um, maybe that's what the Browns needed just to, you know, put a little pep in their step. Let's not forget week one, 2019, they come out, they get beat 43-13 by the Titans. What they do this year, 38-6 to the Ravens. Then they come out in week two, and in 2019, they smoked the Jets by 20 points, and everything's all right with the world. And then things just get sporadic from there. The Rams, they get an L. They lose by a touchdown. Ravens, they dominate the Ravens somehow um, at home. Then the 49ers come in and house them. Um, They lose by 30 on the road in San Francisco. Then they lose by four at home to the Seahawks. They lose by two touchdowns on the road at New England losing on the road at Denver. Then they win three straight home games against the Bills, Dolphins, and Steelers, one playoff team and two bad teams. Um, and then down the stretch when they absolutely need it, they go one and four in their last five to finish the season six and ten. 
it wasn't very good after the first two weeks, um, despite it going the same way. Blowout in week one, they come back in week two with a strong victory. Um, you know, what's there to 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 love here? Uh, I don't I don't know. Plus seven points for the for Washington is too many. If you look at the Bing or excuse me, you look at the Browns this year, their upcoming schedule, Cowboys are at Cowboys, home for the Colts, at the Steelers, at the Bengals, home for the Raiders, Texans, and Eagles, at the Jags, at the Titans, home for the Ravens, and then they finish the season at the Jets and home for the Steelers. There are potentially eight losses in that rundown I just gave you. Uh, they could go to Cowboys and lose. They could lose at home for the Colts. They could definitely lose to the Steelers. They could potentially lose to the Bengals at home. That's four straight. Uh, then the Raiders, they could lose that. That's five. I think they beat the Texans. I think they probably beat the Eagles. But at that point, their confidence is probably shot. They're probably shaking the team up. If they've actually lost that many games, now, I'm not saying that they're going to. I'm just saying the potential is certainly there. Then they go to the Jags. Then they go to the Titans. That's a potential loss. Then they go to, or excuse me, then they're at home for the Ravens. That's a loss. Then they go to the Jets. They should win that. And then they're home full of series. That's a loss again, or could be a loss. So all I'm saying is, yes, Baker looked great. The Browns looked great. They had a what I think is a new key to what they're going to be doing fundamentally with Kareem and, and Chubb. Um, but let's not let's not uh, let's not set sail fully just yet on the Browns. Uh, Bengals plus four and a half at the Eagles. Yes, I am taking the Bengals here. Uh, despite the shortcomings of the Bengals, there are two teams. Um, that are meeting this week, heading in opposite directions. That is the Bengals and the Eagles. Uh, one team with the Bengals, while not very good, they have found confidence in and resolve. Uh, you could see it in the players. You could see it in the coaching staff. Maybe not so much in the coaching staff because I'm not sure about Zach Taylor just yet. He may have to go. Um, but the fans. You can see this calmness and resolve and like we finally got their guy. And I believe they do. I think Joe Burrow is legit. Um, and so I feel like the rest is going to come with time and, and coaching. And it will. I think it will come through just fine for the Bengals um, here in the few, next few years. But the Eagles are going in the opposite direction. Um, they aren't sure if they have their guy. At least some fans aren't. Maybe the coach isn't either. I don't know if you saw the press conference last week when they talk about his progress versus regress a little bit. I'm not exactly sure what he intended there, but it didn't sound good for the Twitter world. That's for sure. Uh, Wentz looked terrible last week, and he pressed and he pressed and he pressed, and the Eagles lost as a result of it. On top of what he was doing, their defense can't stop anyone. They gave up 37, I believe, to the Rams, maybe 31. Yeah, 37 to the Rams. And look, I said it before, I sell it, I'll say it again, but I don't think Wentz survives the season, either due to injury or due to him being pulled for Jalen Hurts. Um, it's going to happen. You mark my words. I'm telling you right now, the guy's going to either get hurt because he can't protect him and he's doing too much as a result, um, or in addition to, I should say, or the fact that if he, because here's the thing, if he continues to play the way that he's been playing, it is not going to go so well. Um, the Eagles this week, if they lose to the Bengals at home, it's going to start this week. I can guarantee you that. That's the, it's going to be the conversation. So just keep an eye on that. I do. I do like the Bengals here, plus four and a half in Philly. Uh, Bears plus three and a half at the Falcons. I don't love the Bears for the most part. I did think they would have a, a pretty decent year. I had them pretty high in my power rankings. Um, but I don't love them, mostly because I don't love their quarterback. However, so far this year, through two weeks, he's been playing okay. He hasn't been killing them. Okay, He's not the reason that they're losing games, and that's really important. Um, but the thing is, plus three and a half at the Falcons. Um, the Falcons are a catastrophe on defense for one, and for two, they have a bot for a head coach, a bot. That dude is, I don't know what he's doing. Um, he, I thought he should have been fired going into last year, not after last year. I thought he should have been fired. <clears throat> excuse me, should have been fired going into last year. Definitely should have been fired after last year. Definitely going to be fired at some point this year. Him and Matt Patricia and Adam Gates, all three of them are going to be gone. That, that I can guarantee you. 
Um, so, as I said, Trubisky, he's not hurting the Bears. I like the Bears here, plus three and a half, mostly because I think the Falcons are a bad football team, and they showed it last week, giving up a 17-point lead in under five minutes to a, another bad football team in the Cowboys. I think the Bears not only cover this, but they win the game outright. Bears plus three and a half. Colts minus 11 and a half at home versus Jets. It's actually open, I think, at nine and a half or minus nine and a half. Um, listen, what do I need to say here? It's the Jets, okay? There's really nothing to say here. Uh, Chargers minus six and a half at home versus the Panthers. The Panthers just can't stop anyone. And they aren't as good on offense so far through two weeks as I thought they would be. I thought they'd be a pretty good team. They are okay on offense. And maybe as the weeks progress, they'll start to pick it up a bit. But they can't afford to be lackadaisical or, or lackluster on offense um, because their defense is just hot garbage. And so I don't love um, the the prisoner of the moment angle of this with Justin Herbert because he did look great, all things considered, the circumstances and whatnot. Um, but, you know, those things can happen. Listen, Mar Marcus Mariota threw for four touchdowns in this season or his rookie debut. It is what it is. Um, you know, he looked good, and I'm not saying that he won't be good. I, I thought, in fact, I think he is going to be pretty good. Um, I, you know, just I'm not ready to go there yet. It's only been one game. Um, my concern with the Chargers the past few years has always been at quarterback, and and I'd never bought into Phillip Rivers. I don't buy into Tyrod Taylor. Neither are going to be the reason you win football games this year, whether it be for the Chargers or the Colts. And I just think Herbert, on the other hand, could could be. Uh, you could do some things with Herbert that you just couldn't do with those guys. And uh, because he's a rookie, you can sort of simplify things and you can sort of tailor your offense to what he does best and just kind of figure out the rest on the fly. Um, and so six and a half is a lot of points for them to overcome, but their new stadium, their new quarterback, I'm all on on board with both of them, not on board with the Panthers. I like the Chargers here, minus six and a half at home. Uh, last few here. I love, 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 love the Cardinals minus five and a half at home. This is an obvious one. The Lions are just what I thought. Uh, Matt Patricia is almost assuredly gone as he should have been the last few years. Um, Murray adds to his MVP resume, I think, against the, the Lions. I think he climbed the spot or two. Maybe he overtakes the loser of the Monday night game um, and jumps into third place, maybe even second, depending on how this game goes. Uh, I think Cardinals win this minus five and a half at the home or at home versus the Lions. Uh, Bucks also minus five and a half at the Broncos. No Drew Locke, no a lot of things really for the Broncos. And the Bucks, much like the Chargers, they get a pretty clean opportunity to tune up the offensive cohesion going up against a bad defense just a bad team overall or what's going to be a bad team given all the guys that are out. Um, I think the Bucks, like I said, build up a little bit more cohesion, a little bit more um, consistency, a few more reps for the offense and for the defense. And I think they cover the five and a half at Denver. Uh, Seahawks. A lot of people love the Cowboys this week. I love the Seahawks minus five uh, at home. Two teams, again, going in different directions. Yes, I know the Cowboys somehow got that win last week. You can buy all the hype of the We Believe Cowboys uh, miracle that you want to, but the film tells a different story. Uh, what you see on the actual game footage tells a different story. One of these teams is pretty bad, and it's not the Seahawks. Uh, so maybe the Cowboys get a late touchdown and cover this, and I regret making this pick. Um, but I don't think it's going to go that way. Uh, Russell Wilson rolls and takes an er early lead in the MVP race. Um, well, or I should say strengthens his hold on the MVP lead um, early on in the season. All right. And the last game, the Saints minus three at home versus the Packers. No Devontae Adams makes me hesitant to pick the Packers. I think Rodgers will be able to spread the wealth. I think this is going to be the first ding in his MVP case. I don't think he's going to have a great game here. Um, no Devontae Adams. And 
he's not going up against a trash defense. So you can say what you want about the, the Saints. Their defense hasn't always been great. It's not great now, but it's not bad. It's certainly not the Vikings and the Lions. Um, it's far more formidable than that. Not to mention the team on the other side, their offense isn't so bad either. Now, no Michael Thomas, but I think Drew Brees will still be able to move the ball up and down the field, especially after having done it for a week without Michael Thomas. I think round two would be a little bit more smooth. Not to mention you have the revenge factor. So I don't love this pick um, because, again, no Michael Thomas. But I do think the Saints cover minus three at home. The The Packers have beat up on some pretty bad teams. I still don't consider them a true, true contender. And, you know, that's not to be determined for anyone just yet, obviously. But after the first two weeks, I just I don't buy it from the Packers. The Lions are about to fire their head coach, and Kirk Cousins needs a diaper because he's been taking big, fat dumps all over the field for the last, I think, his last three games. So I love the Saints. I, well, I don't love it, but I'll take the Saints minus three at home versus the Packers. And those, ladies and gentlemen, are your week three picks up against the spread. We're going to move on here in a second to talk about some DraftKings must play, some sleeper picks, guys to avoid. And what I think is going to be the best defense to take advantage of this week. Here we go. All right, DraftKings. So, must plays. We're going to start here. Um, I did okay last week. Actually, won some, some pretty decent money. Um, had a few guys. Adam Humphreys came through big time for me. A few of my value picks didn't come through. And that's the, that's the thing with value picks. Most times, value is just, you know, big, you know boom or bust potential. And uh, we did have a few guys that came through, but a few guys that didn't. But we're going to go at it again. Again, we still made some decent money. Um, so this week's must play is number one, Derrick Henry. Uh, not number one, um, but number one on the list, I guess, just for whatever reason. Derrick Henry, $7,800 uh, in DraftKings money at the Vikings defense, which looks like one of the worst in the NFL. And the Vikings give up the third most rush attempts to running backs. I would slam Derrick Henry as your RB1 this week for DraftKings. Um, at the very least, the Titans get off to a fast start, and they just ride Derrick Henry all the way home. Um, he's probably going to go for his first big game of the year. He's been slow to start, um, just a little bit sluggish. I think it has some some of it to do with the offseason, some of it to do with teams a little bit more geared to stopping him. Um, but nevertheless, Vikings, again, have a bad defense. Derrick Henry is one of your plays. Your other plays also another running back in the same division uh, as the Titans, and that would be Jonathan Taylor of the Colts. It's an obvious pick. Um, he did get a price bump, but I don't think it's too much for you to not play him. Um, probably not going to get the same volume as he did last week, but I think it'll be a lot more productive uh, or, or as productive considering that they're going up against the Jets. Um, in fact, I wouldn't even be totally upset at a Rivers-Taylor uh, sort of combo here. Um, I'm not a fan of betting on Rivers to do anything, but you know, given the opponent and what you're talking about here, I think it's okay. Jonathan Taylor uh, must add or must play this week. The Jets have given up the most red zone opportunities to any team uh, on average per game, almost at six, uh, which is atrocious. So Jonathan Taylor, for sure. Uh, a few must avoids, not very many, um, but the Bengals, or excuse me, Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz are no go for me. Uh, not against that defense for Deshaun Watson. I just don't trust it, even though I, I think Deshaun Watson is great, um, but that not against that defense, not, no, um, not with the offensive line that he has protecting him or not protecting him, I should say. Um, and then Carson Wentz, until I see him and the Eagles get their stuff together, I wouldn't touch them with anything. I wouldn't pick up any of their draft or their skill play players, wouldn't pick up their defense, wouldn't pick up a tight end, a running back, maybe a running back from Miles Sanders. But Carson Wentz or anyone else, no, no chance. Um, no chance at all. Uh, now, maybe this week he gets a shot in the arm against the Bengals. Um, you know, they're not a great team. And the Bengals are, the Eagles, you know, they don't have a worse quarterback, I don't think, than Baker Mayfield. Maybe he's not quite playing up to that level right now. Uh, but Baker Mayfield was able to do his thing there. I just, I can't imagine the Eagles looking like that again, because if they do, they're going to have problems. 
Um, but again, I wouldn't go near Carson Wentz until they prove that that's going to be the case. Um, now, I got a lot of value plays here. Got a lot of value plays here. And this is why I try to spend the bulk of my time on these um, segments. Uh, so first up, Jeff Wilson of the Niners is expected to serve as the backup to Jarek McKinnon. Please keep in mind, McKinnon has had or has missed time in the last two seasons due to knee injuries. Um, may get a lighter workload. And Jeff Wilson is super cheap, and he's a good player. So if you're looking to load up your team, you want to take a chance on a, a, a flyer on a backup running back who's going to get a lot more carries this week than he normally would. Um, Jeff Wilson is a good, good bet for that. Another guy that is a good bet, Darnell Mooney, going up against the Falcons, can fly at a 4-3-8 speed. Uh, Listen, he got in the end zone one time. He's way down on the depth chart, not getting a ton of targets. But here is the thing. One, obviously, these are value picks, so he is super cheap. But the other thing, one touchdown in two games. Touchdowns are important, obviously, for fantasy. Six targets, six catches. He's trustworthy. He can catch the ball. He can make plays because he's in the end zone. Going against the Falcons, who have a bad, bad defense. So, He's got very big boom potential. Maybe he can get in the end zone with a couple of catches um, on the day. Obviously, he has big bust potential with the lack of targets. But I think it's a safe play. Not a safe play, but I think if you're looking for a cheaper guy that you can potentially bet, or bet on for a boom week, Darnell Mooney is your guy. Alan Lazard or Valdez Scantling. Um, obviously, you know Devontae Adams. The Panther or the Packers are going to be... I don't want to necessarily say in the shootout, but in a in a fairly high scoring game uh, with the Saints, neither defense is outstanding, but neither offense is great as well. So I think they'll be able to score a few points, a few touchdowns. Again, no Devontae Adams, so they'll be able to I think uh, attend to the run a little bit better. And again, these this is not the Vikings and Lions defense that they're going up against. This is the Saints defense, who's a lot better at stopping the run than those teams. Um, and then I think, like I said, with, with Adams out, they'll be looking to spread the ball around a little bit more. I would probably go with Lazard in this case, only because the potential to boom is there for both. But the price is a lot cheaper for Lazard. Not a lot cheaper, but it's cheaper for Lazard. So I would probably go with Lazard just in terms of building what I think would be the best team for the value. But I don't think you would go wrong with either one, either one of those guys. Uh, Rogers, uh Stack with the both of them is not even out of the question. Um, like I said, with Devontae Adams out, Adam Humphreys is another one came through for me last week. I had him as a as a DraftKings sleeper. Um, didn't have a great day, but had a decent day, uh, decent enough, I guess, for him to be a like a, maybe a late flex play, um, deep tournament stuff like that. Um, probably would do a lot better this week against again a bad Vikings defense. I love a Tannehill. Henry and Corey Davis stack or Tannehill, Henry, Adam Humphreys. Um, a few other sacks that I really like. Cowboy Seahawks. I really like a Dak Lamba or Dak, CD Lamb, um, DK Metcalf, Chris Lars, Chris Carson, or Tyler Lockett. One of the two, maybe Carson, um, just from the running back perspective. I love, love, love that combination. Again, Tannehill, Henry, and Davis, or Tannehill, Henry, and Humphreys. Maybe you could even throw in Johnny Smith, depending on how many games you have to choose from, um, um, or as far as how many players you can pick from. I think that's a really good good stack there. A very, very cheap stack you could go with. Super risky, but it could pay off. Um, I mentioned this earlier, but the Giants are known to score some garbage touchdowns. Um, Daniel Jones has, has scored quite a few garbage touchdowns. Going up against a 49ers team that was less than going into the year, and now is even more less than um, with the injuries that they've had. Daniel Jones, Darius Slayton, Ingram, and Wilson or McKinnon, one or the other, uh, Jeff Wilson or Jarrett McKinnon. I think that is a sneaky, cheap value play that could pay big potential. Um, and then you could load your team up with studs across the board elsewhere and just pray and cross your fingers that the Giants have a good game. Uh, so. Those are my value picks. And then I have three defenses that I really like this week. Um, the, the Buccaneers at the Broncos. Yes, it's on the road, but the Broncos are missing their best receiver. And their quarterback, Jeff Driscoll, is going to lead the way. 
you know, we saw that last year. We saw it last week. Uh, I like the Bucks defense here to get a few turnovers. Uh, another defense I like are the Colts um, at home versus the Jets. Not that the Colts defense is great, although I think they're graded as number one right now. Um, but, you know, the Jets are just a dumpster fire. I think any – any honestly, the best defense you could pick each week is whatever team the Jets are facing. So there, there's your easy answer. Um, another one I like is the Titans at the Vikings. I don't love it, but it has the potential to be – um, a pretty good defense against a Viking team that just isn't isn't doing it right now. And then the obvious one, probably going to be the most expensive. I don't know the price, but the Steelers at home versus the Texans. Yes, I love Deshaun Watson, but that defense is legit, and he's going to have his hands full on Sunday. So uh, that's it for the DraftKings stuff. Uh, I just wanted to make sure I got that out to you guys. I this is a longer episode because, like I said, I missed last Thursday, but I wanted to make sure we got this week's picks taken care of. We will see you guys on Monday. Cannot wait for the Chiefs and the Ravens to face off on Monday Night Football. But for now, it's been your boy Capo. It's been the Civil Sports Podcast. We'll see you on episode eight on Monday. Peace.